At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's no longer hungry, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Of vengeance. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's Vengeance's kid brother, Mischievous. It's Andrew Ormsby, <laughs> no. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, actually, that's way more apt. Ahoy! <laughs> Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She did actually pull that last punch. It's Susan Kamyon <laughs> Stevens. Good to have you back, Susan. How you been? Thanks. Uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been good. Uh, good. It's good. I'm really excited to talk about both of these movies. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. really good ones on tap today. Mm-hmm. And by really good, I mean really interesting discussions. And we'll, we'll determine yeah. how we feel about their good or badness in a bit. But uh, The Batman... Um, is out, and we'll talk about that. And then Fresh on Hulu, um, we will chat about as well today. And of course, we've got Best Ever Challenge. We're doing Best Ever John Turturro movies, or Best Ever movies that John Turturro is in. Um, We'll count down our Best Ever on that, and then we'll do some Buried Treasure. Before we get into our reviews, another reminder that the Sposkers picks are happening now. So if you want to get your Sposkers picks in before the big event... Um, it's crazy this year because mm-hmm. we are headed to the CCAs, the Critics' Choice Awards, that are happening this year two weeks before the Oscars. This, so weird. This is so <laughs> strange. Um, yeah. And obviously that happened because of the the Omicron uh, surge and postponing the awards. And uh, But it's kind of – I kind of like it. It kind of yeah. feels like there's mo- more momentum uh, to it in some interesting ways. Uh, well, but Yeah, go ahead, Susan. No, I just say, well, um, especially after the SAGs last week, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, honestly, the Globes were kind of like forgotten. It was so long ago. And mm-hmm. now now people can kind of get their ballots ready and be like, start really predicting because mm-hmm. that was a game changer. I think the SAGs was. Mm-hmm. And then depending on who wins at the Critics' Choice, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know, I guess it gives you more of a 
a better idea of who's going to win at the Oscars. Yeah, it was interesting to see uh, Jessica Chastain win for uh, Best Actress at the SAGs. I was so which, happy for her. It's a great choice. Oh it's a great choice. God. She's so good in that movie. Um, so she deserves to win the Oscar. Coda getting the ensemble, you know, like that. was really, really cool. Um, that is that is what's going. Well, I mean, Power of the Dog wasn't even nominated, but mm-hmm. I think after that win, because Academy hasn't voted yet, right? And that's what so we haven't even voted yet. So I just think it's interesting how you can watch that win and you can second guess your vote and be like, mm-hmm. wait a second, you know what? That was a really good movie. That does mean a lot to the deaf community. This is more than what I thought this movie was. I think I might change my. I think I'm going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm doing that, but that's it's amazing how that happens. Yeah. When are the your votes were due a while ago though, for right? nominations? For nominations. nominations. So the nominations mm-hmm. come out. We haven't done our final voting. So our mm-hmm. final voting happens oh, really? the day before the awards. That's all. That's how it always is. They I send our final ballots. It was like a week or so before. Two days. I think it's actually two days before the awards. They send I our final it was ballots. The ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe I'm wrong. Ninth no, you could, you could be right. You could be right. That's actually. Three uh three days before our awards? Yes. Yeah. Or four. So yeah. It's anyways, the, it's not a pandemic thing. No, no, it's always that no, way. No, 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 no. no they, we always and vote. I, I like that they do that. I think that's a good idea mm-hmm. to the, to let you vote closer to the show. Oh, absolutely. There's no reason to vote early. You know, let mm-hmm. keep watching movies, keep yeah, you know, uh rewatching, re-watching them, stuff. Really, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Um, in fact, I think the Critics' Choice, if I heard this correctly, uh, ta- our awards take place two days before Oscar balloting closes, if I if I have those those numbers correct. Um, I think Oscar ballot closes March 16th or 17th, one of those. Okay, so a few days before yeah, that is when yeah, our yeah. awards take place. Um, so, so, yeah, what we decide could change an Academy voter's opinion, too. Yeah, sure. Of course, of course. Um, that's, that's all the interesting part about it. Uh, here's what the Sposkers uh, are. You get to go and pick your picks for the awards. Now, these aren't who you want to win. This is a prediction contest. You are trying to predict who you think will win the actual Academy Awards. Um, and that is at siftpop.com, S-I-F-T-P-O-P.com. Uh, and then there's a link at the top that just says Sposkers. Uh, I've also tweeted it out a couple times, uh, so you can find that out on my Twitter. But it's a really fun way to join with hundreds of other people uh, to kind of get your picks in. And then we do a live show that Sunday night during the Academy Awards. We do a live reaction show and also add up the points as the show goes on um, and uh, and do it that way and then crown a winner at the end. Uh, and we crown a winner amongst our gurus, which is what we call our participants on the show and our writers uh, on the website. Uh, as well as just a general uh, award winner as well. And then, of course, there's the most important, will Andrew beat Aaron or will Aaron beat Andrew, uh, <laughs> which, uh, which is always a, a theme as well. Uh, so, yeah, so all that is happening very, very soon. Go get your Sposkers picks in. Um, and I am going to move the deadline a little bit forward just because I'm still not sure when they're giving away those off-air awards. Uh, so, I, you know, I want to make sure all picks are in before they give those away. I hate um, they're doing that. Yeah, I know they're trying to make it feel like they're still on the air. They're like going to edit a package together where it feels like they're getting their a awards montage. on the show or whatever. Uh, but like the eight awards that not yeah, that aren't. Yeah, yeah. They said they're going to. They'll pre. It's an hour before they'll pre-record it and then they'll edit it down and they'll. They're supposed to show it in the show. 
it's supposed to right. be featured in the show, but I don't like that. I'm very upset about that. No, it's 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 really it's just it's frustrating that there continues to be such a large part of that uh, whoever's making those decisions who feels like we're trying to get non movie lovers to watch the Oscars, and it's exactly. just it's just like. Have a seven-hour Oscars broadcast. Tell movie mm-hmm. lovers everywhere that you're going to blow it out and mm-hmm. nominate ten people in every category, and have a blat like just you know, yeah. really they're celebrate so- the year in movies. Um, exactly. Yeah. There's they've been these last couple of years. They've been so focused on trying to reach non-movie lovers, like you said, people who who don't care about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. That they're they're forgetting who their devoted mm-hmm. fans are who are watching the show, right? And they'll come the other people will watch if they want to don't yeah it's just it's so stupid yeah the super bowl doesn't take out the football like you know what i mean like it's it's you know people people go to super bowl parties because they love people who like football or they just want to hang out with people you know for like it's you know and then it's just on the tv at places like anyways and the people who are really into it will watch it intently and the people who aren't will eat snacks and hang out play games or whatever but um but yeah they just they haven't seen it that way but anyways um the Sposkers, however, we will celebrate movies as much as we can uh, that night live here uh, on the channel. So check that out again. Sifpop.com. Click on Sposkers. All right, let's get into it, guys. Here we go. Let's talk about the Batman. The Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. New friend of yours? I'm not so sure. In his second year of fighting crime, Batman uncovers corruption in Gotham City that connects to his own family while facing a serial killer known as the Riddler. Uh, Batman is Robert Pattinson now taking the cape and cowl and Zoe Kravitz uh, playing Selina Kyle uh, or Catwoman, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Uh, Jeffrey Wright stepping in is uh, James Gordon and John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. What did you think about this movie, guys? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, Batman aficionado, lover of all things Dark Knight, uh, where do you land on this one? I loved it. Yeah. I really did. I love this movie. Nice. Susan, where do you land? I loved it. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it so much. It's, it's so early to say it's one of my favorite films of the year, right? but or the, I think it's the best film of the year so far, but... Um, yeah, I just yeah. I've been I've been torn <laughs> with which Batman I like more between this and Dark Knight. That's how much I loved it. Nice. Yeah. Uh guys, I didn't like this movie. Um What? Yeah. I I'm going to land for the sake of how incredible I, this is going to be the most amazing things I say about a movie that I end up not liking. Like this is that oh. kind of a review for me. So because oh of that, I'm going to line in, land in the lower side of it was okay. Just because wow. there's so much about this movie that is spectacular. Um, but overall, you know me, I'm a message theme guy and there is so much there that I absolutely do not like and don't understand. And maybe you guys can help me. Maybe by the end of this, I'll like it more because maybe you can help me understand some things that I don't understand about this movie. 
Um, and we will get into it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with low side of just okay. But you guys loved I didn't it, see that and I, I didn't want see that I want to hear all the things you love about it because I guarantee I love a lot of them too. So let's let's talk about some of the amazing stuff with this movie. Susan, kick us off. What are some of the things you love? Oh gosh! Well, just from the start, just like the the filmmaking of it. Of course, I think it's the best looking Batman hands down just the cinematography the 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 shots in general the the music i don't know what it was i i only recently i only found out afterwards that the the nirvana soundtrack in there like i guess supposedly they were trying to um base his character around kurt cobain or something like that like kind of give that that vibe or something. And he did kind of look like kurt cobain i didn't think about that i heard somebody i heard somebody call him uh brood wayne uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's very <laughs> he's the most brooding Batman, uh-huh. I'd probably say. But I just I maybe because I am a fan of like those like saw films too, I was totally digging that horror element mm-hmm. that this had because Batman is dark. I mean, it, he is a dark it's a dark story, it's a dark yeah. hero. Um I oh, and I didn't I didn't know going in they were going to start where he was just he's been Batman for two years mm-hmm. we've never seen that era of yeah. Batman or you know I haven't and I just thought that that was that was really interesting to see that point where people are just starting to know him and they mm-hmm. don't even know his full potential yet yeah um I think Paul Dano was like obviously the best Riddler. I mean, it's, it's not a huge. I mean, come on. Com- Jim Carrey's right there, man. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I mean, but Paul Dano was, I mean, that guy, that guy is, he's, he's not far from an Oscar either, I think, because he is so incredibly talented. Uh, but he is. Agreed. I was just confused. Fun. I was confused because the posters say that Colin Farrell's in this movie and he's not in this movie. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. It's false advertising. Um, right. Right. Yeah. He was incredible. He was too. insane. I mean, every he was so good. Yeah. Every Zoe Kravitz. Yep. I, I, I call her the most realistic Catwoman, actually, of all. Mm-hmm. And I, I've liked every Catwoman. Well, I haven't, I never watched the Halle Berry one, but I thought. You're okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're okay. I, I think Anne Hathaway did a great job. I'm, I'm a huge, I was a huge Michelle Pfeiffer fan as Catwoman, but. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz really killed it, and um, oh my god, I could honestly go on forever about it because this is another. Well, you've one. already That's checked why... off. You've already checked off a bunch of stuff that I totally agree with. The score yeah. is one of the greatest scores I've ever heard in my life. It's insanely oh, good. Is brilliant. Oh, it's so so good. The visuals are astounding. There are frames of this movie that are some of the most gorgeous things. I've ever seen there's, yeah. you know, I, I guess maybe we'll hold, we will do a, a SIF spoil on this. So um, I'll sure. hold off on mentioning specific like moments or frames until then, just in case people haven't, um, you know, seen the movie. Uh, but yes, is absolutely gorgeous. The performances you mentioned, uh, I mean, down the line, the performances are great. I, I guess the only one that I would maybe push back on as not being great is, is, um, is maybe the Alfred performance. That was the only one I really? kind of, yeah, I was just kind of like, eh, what Andy is this Circus. character? Yeah. The Andy circus performance. I was just kind of, uh, but that's, but that's neither here nor there because every single yeah. other performance is astonishing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Zoe Kravitz is great in this Catwoman, but we'll talk in spoilers why this Catwoman befuddles me. Um, oh. So we'll, we'll get to that too. Um, but, but yes, she is incredible uh, in performing well. So all that stuff that you mention is, is absolutely great. So yeah. 
you're you're, yeah. you're definitely ticking off my list of all the things that I thought were amazing in this movie. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's just it, and for me, I uh, anyone will tell you, I am a complainer of a long runtime. I think most of my negative critiques of a film is that it could have been shorter, like cut it, cut forty five minutes or something. But I thought this, I I like when it was over, I could have rewatched it. Like that day, um, even think- even the uh, even the half a dozen Lord of the Rings style endings uh, at the end didn't seem too long and drawn out to you. Those no, I didn't feel any Lord <laughs> of the Rings endings. I didn't in this feel movie. Lord There's of the like Rings. There's like seven endings to this movie. No, no. yes, oh yes, no, we'll count them it, together. Wasn't. There was right, always fine. something. There was a bigger. There was a a bigger thing at the end. You know, like you knew there was something bigger. Yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't resolved yet. So when they got they okay, when they finished sure. the one thing, you were like, oh wait. I, I thought I thought they hit their ending thirty minutes before the actual ending of this movie. Um, no, so, and that's yeah. what makes well, and that that's that's what builds the big climax you know you got you have something like minor that's like oh okay that's resolved but this it kind of <sighs> we'll talk in no, spoilers because yeah. what i'm talking about 30 minutes before the end of the movie is not minor it's the overall message and theme of the movie comes to a conclusion oh, 30 minutes okay. before it's over okay no yeah. i think in this isn't spoilerish to say because i think <laughs> it's been announced but i think the the ending of this movie all those things that i think aaron is complaining is might not be the right word but you're frustrated with is that it was the only. T- it was the only is- time I felt the movie's length. I will agree with you okay. up until that point. I didn't feel like this movie was was too long, but the end the end felt drawn out to me. I think that what they were doing was <laughs> saying, "Don't worry, more is coming, and mm-hmm. here's what is in store for you." Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the very end of this movie where I thought, "Okay, now is time to wrap up." Whereas with the Return of the King, yeah, I get that there's a lot of uh, stories uh, stories mm-hmm. ends yeah. to tie off, but this one it felt like you know. We're teasing the future. Now here is the ending. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about okay. it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it more in spoilers. Uh, yeah. We can definitely do that. This will be a, probably a decent size sip spoil. Um, we'll cover. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to cover all the the you know the important things that convey how we felt about the movie um, without spoiling it. But um, uh, Andrew, what about you? What are some other things that Susan didn't mention that you want to love on? Um, well, I want to talk about two things and I can save one for later, but the one main thing I want to talk about is I love how much Matt Reeves understands not only Batman, but the Batman world. Mm -hmm. I think that his knowledge and his dedication to making a good Batman movie is something that I am so excited. Somebody finally, you know, decided to take a chance on because it's one thing that I've always wanted to see in a live action Batman that I've never seen is his moniker. He is the world's greatest detective. Mm. This is the movie where I go, yes, I got an amazing Batman detective movie. Honestly, this might be like one of my favorite crime dramas ever. A lot of people would point to something like Seven or any of the David Fincher movies. And I know that's been that. And Susan uh, mentioned Saw. Those are are a lot of comparisons. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you joke, but, you know, the first the first Saw movie is actually a really interesting detective movie. Um, no, I wasn't I wasn't kidding. I've heard, I've heard a oh. lot of people make those comparisons, and I think they're apt. Yeah, no, no, no. This, they've been comparing it to Saw, Zodiac Killer. Yeah, Zodiac, um, Saw yeah. 7, yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. 
Fincher movies. Yeah. Yep. Well, not not Saw, but you know. Although David Fincher's Saw uh, would would have definitely been very very interesting. That would have been an interesting movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, he he understands not only how to shoot this movie, you know, and I love the color palette by the way with the yeah. reds, um, you know, symbolizing birth, courage. Uh, uh, hatred, anger, you know, and that's something that you definitely see in this Batman is he is a vengeful. He, he is vengeance in this movie. And it's not until later that he feels like he has earned the moniker of Batman, you know, which, and that's actually, if you pay attention, that's when the color palette of the movie changes, it actually changes to more blues mm. and, uh, you know, brighter colors towards the end of this movie. And I'm like, okay, so he, he's no longer this, you know, object of fear he's he's now is a symbol of hope and uh, change you know restoration of what it used or what things used to be so i love that element of it one thing and this is the thing i really think i'm gonna have to ramble on for a minute here so yeah, do it. bear with me please that's what we're one here for I, I to s- ramble on <laughs> one thing i see a lot of people complaining about robert pattinson's performance in this movie is that he is a great batman but he is a terrible Bruce Wayne that he is, you know, a mopey emo guy who, you know, is not really trying to hide who uh, Batman is, you know? And my counter to that is what a lot of people need to realize is that Batman, whenever he puts on the cape and the cowl in the very beginning of his career is a lot like this. He isn't, you know, the charismatic billionaire who is, you know, trying to, uh, you know, throw people off the trail that he is, that he could potentially be Batman. So he's already Batman or he is becoming Batman. And it isn't until later on in his crime fighting vendetta that he realizes I need to put on a facade for Bruce Wayne. So whenever you see this guy who's, He's like, I don't care what happens to me. He's also saying, I don't care enough about putting on a persona for Bruce Wayne because anything that happens to Bruce Wayne is secondary to me, the Batman. And it it's interesting because Batman, for as smart as he is, he is always learning and he's always learning from his mistakes. So seeing this early on version of Batman, who is more rough and tumble and a lot more... uh vengeful and angry towards his, you know, what he's willing to do physically to his opponents. Like I'll cripple people. That's fine. They won't, (laughs) they won't do anything anymore after that. You know, that, that, that style of Batman is something you see at the very beginning of Bruce, of Bruce Wayne's run as Batman. And the very end, when you get to like the dark Knight returns, when he's like old Batman, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm just going to, I'm going to get evil again, you know? So I really like that Matt Reeves is taking the time and he has the patience to say, this will be how we see Batman evolve throughout however many potential movies there are. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely came out uh, of the end of this thinking this will be a lot of people's favorite Batman movie Uh, and wishing I was one of them. Uh, But, you know, and that's and that's what I've continued to tell people. And I think even I I tweeted yesterday a little bit about this, but I always follow up any tweet I have that has a negative element to it. uh, I shouldn't say always. I try to 
uh, follow up with the idea of I genuinely am excited for people who love movies that I don't get or that I don't enjoy or whatever and genuinely really you know wish I had seen the same movie they they did um and in many ways I did see the same movie you guys did a lot of what a lot of what you're saying I totally agree with um I think this movie has uh I'm going to kind of shift into m- my problems here um yeah because we yeah. talked about most of the things uh positive wise that I that at least I wanted to mention um for me this is a movie that understands a version of a story that is really cool and thematically wonderful that doesn't fit for me what the movie thinks it's trying to do with its main character. I know that's a little bit of an obtuse way to say it. I'm trying not to spoil things. Really do have to talk about the ending to really get into what I'm talking about here. But this is a movie that uh, sets up a hero, quote unquote, uh, that at the end of the day, it doesn't uh, allow for a space to deliver on. Um, and it's there are a lot of things that uh, that that the movie leads to that are really interesting and beautiful and wonderful, and the points it's making are really good. It just at the end of the day undercuts everything that the movie is trying to do. Um, when it comes down to the end. And I just, I was really frustrated with the end of this movie, not just because of the length of it and those kind of things. I was frustrated with the things that the movie all of a sudden uh, thought were important that I completely disagreed with. Um, the, you know, I'll just say the Catwoman thing made no sense to me. I don't know what the movie was trying to do with that, what it was trying to say with that. Um, there was, I had no connection to that character's uh you know, um, motivations, uh, with the relationships, uh, of that character. Uh, I didn't understand that, uh, why that was such a crucial part of the finish. I didn't understand the finish of the villain. The finish of the villain made no sense to me. Um, it's completely undercut by a decision Mm. that, um, without spoiling it, I'll just say, really, you have to do that here too. Do we really need that here? Like it, it just completely neuters the villain. Um, one of the endings does. Um, and so it's just, it's one of, it's one of those things where until we really talk about the specifics, you're just going to have to, to, to trust that that stuff was so annoying to me that I couldn't deal with the rest of the movie and all the beautiful things I saw as anything that I would come away going well done because I don't think it's well done. I think that that is the ending is completely botched. Uh, and it really undercuts and neuters the rest of the movie. Um, so, so yeah, I cannot wait for spoiler. Yeah, no, I understand. (laughs) Listen, I get it. But in order to really get specific about those things, I I am going to have to talk about specific choices. The movie makes at the end with its characters and things it decides, um, to show, uh, other than that, the only other non spoilery, uh, you know, uh, kind of negative things I would say aren't really the point. There's people in the the, the comments right now who are saying uh, things like I wasn't just in a, you know, I wasn't in a dark and broody mood or am I ever in a dark and broody mood? Look, I love Zodiac. I love, you know, I, there are, there are dark and broody movies that I really come away from, from uh, loving that that's not an impossible thing. And those things aren't it. It really isn't the the tone or atmosphere of this movie 
that I come away uh, against it for. Um, sure, there's not a lot of humor here. That's okay. The movie didn't want to be a funny movie. It didn't want to have quippy quirks. It wanted to be darker. It wanted to be, you know, have that tone. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. Um, the stuff you said about Bruce Wayne just figuring out who he is, like young Bruce Wayne stuff, that stuff is really interesting to me. And I don't, you know, of course he's going to be really broody coming out of everything he's come out of and losing his parents and that kind of stuff and trying to figure out who he is. Um, I just think the movie thinks it, it knows who he is by the end, but doesn't provide the movie that actually commits to that version of who the movie thinks he is. Um, so yes, uh, I know you're, you, you're both giving me very confused looks and I totally understand uh, <laughs> no, what it's, you're saying. It's, no, I'm trying to, I, I guess I'm yeah. trying mm-hmm. to understand <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm actually right there with Susan. I'm like, I want to understand so I can tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> and you will. And, may, and, and genuinely, genuinely, you you may convince me. Like, I may just be missing some things. Uh, that has happened before on this podcast where I haven't liked something and somebody will enlighten me to something I missed. And I'll be like, oh, well, that kind of locks it in place for me. But the thing, the thing that if you've listened to me for any length of time that you know about me is message and themes rule the day for me. And I feel like this movie botched those so hardcore at the end. And, and part of the reason it's so hardcore is because it's such a good message. The message of this movie is so good. But the movie doesn't doesn't use it in a way that understands how the characters relate to that message. And it's just... Oh, it's just, it was so frustrating for me. It's kind of like a reverse greatest showman in some ways where it's like, you know, the movie, you know, makes this wonderful character out of a terrible human being. Uh, and it's just kind of like th- puts that on its head a little. That's kind of the opposite of that. Um, but yes, anyhow, I will, I will explain more in the Sif spoil and I apologize yeah. how frustrating that is. But for those who have seen it, just listen to that episode. It's right there in your, your podcast feed. Just listen to it yeah. next and we'll, we'll chat a little bit more about it. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to say about the movie in a non-spoiler fashion? Two things. Uh, I guess there's technically kind of a post-credit scene. You don't need to stick around for it. Yeah. 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 It, 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 there is something there, but not really. Is there? Uh, I the think for the thing- whole credits, I don't remember. There it's like it's not URL. even a credit scene. It's like oh, yeah. okay, okay, it's barely I see. anything. I got it. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah, it's not so a that's scene. What I'm yeah, How, yeah. It's it's, it's there's some post credits but... information. <laughs> yeah, I got exactly. It, got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing is there's there. I hope that there's always a moment whenever it comes to a superhero movie, like oh, that's the scene I'm gonna you know lay my hat on as a scene that made me go mm-hmm. oh, 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 oh here we go, and that's the first time you hear the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. whenever that thing uh revs up at the very beginning i'm like this is going to be it, it hadn't even started and i knew this is going to be my favorite scene in the movie this mm-hmm. and you know what it was it was such an amazing scene the design of the batmobile because you see little hints of it every now and then mm-hmm. like uh, as he's walking around the bat cave or bat train station whatever you want to call it um is you see See like oh you see the engine over here you see the p- car in the background and then you finally hear it all put together and you're like oh I needed this I needed this and uh, yeah I love that there's always a scene for just an adrenaline scene in a, in an action movie and this was definitely that scene for me uh, Susan do you have one last thing you want to say um, just to say that I, I do think Robert Pattinson actually did a really great job in this movie I didn't really, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of I guess I've looped out of like the negative thing but yeah just on um 
the the emo thing, like what kind of what you said, Aaron, too, just that, yeah, of course he's going to act like that of at course. that point in his life. Why wouldn't he? He's barely Yeah, I don't mind man. that take on the character at all. Yeah. It's- yeah, yes. I don't know why people are complaining about that. Yeah. But um, no, I think he did it really. I just, that, you know, a lot of a lot of people were hesitant when he got casted. I was one of them. And um, I think that he was uh, fantastic. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's the best Batman in my opinion, but he still did a really great job. I agree with that. My one last thing is that I had this common thing for me when I was talking with a friend that I went to see the movie with. And I was like, you know what my some of my favorite like reveals and moments were. And I tell them a moment and for everyone, they were like, Oh yeah, that's in the trailer. Oh yeah, that's in the trailer. And I'm like, what? How? Why? Why Hollywood? Why are you putting all these amazing things in the trailers? Just let people experience them in the movies. Oh, but anyways, that's uh, that happens here. And uh, and I I guess I'll make it two last things because I did also want to say I really thought they handled kind of the winks in this movie really well. Um, you know, there are some you know some moments. There's a moment where the penguin is chained and he has to walk and. He, he looks yeah. like he's doing the penguin walk, you know, like there's, yeah, there's little does. stuff like yeah. that where it's just like, you know, that's fun. You know, what do you live in a cave? You know, that kind of stuff is like those, those winks and, and stuff where I think we're, we're fine in this movie. They didn't seem out of place yeah. and, and, uh, too forced. So they're, yeah. they're, they're few and far between, but there are some funny moments in this movie that don't feel forced. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and I also agree that they are few and far between purposefully. That is purposeful yeah. in the color palette <laughs> and what you were talking about it. Like, it's a muted color palette, but it does have some nuance to it. It does have some change. All that stuff is true. Um, so, so yeah. So, basically, I loved this movie, except for I didn't like it. Uh, all right. As, since I've cleared that all up, uh, let's move on to our next review. Let's talk about Fresh. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So, don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Just have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Frustrated by scrolling dating apps only to end up on lame, tedious dates, Noah takes a chance by giving her number to the awkwardly charming Steve after a produce section meet cute at the grocery store. Fresh is on Hulu uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, it is... I. <sighs> It's a horror movie, I would say, but it's kind of a horror comedy. Um, yeah. There's kind of a, it's definitely feels a little um, daytime horror, uh, if you will, uh, as in that it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like the Batman. It doesn't feel dark and brooding. It feels very, you know, bright and funny and uh, interesting, um, but also really messed up. Let's talk about it. Uh, it's got Daisy Edgar Jones as Noah Sebastian Stan, uh, everybody's favorite Bucky. Um, uh, playing playing a character named Steve, uh, but not Steve Rogers. Uh, and then uh, and then a list of people you probably haven't heard of before. But let's talk about uh, Fresh. What did you think? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? Susan, we're starting with you. I loved it. Nice. Uh, it so good. It was so so good. Definitely one of my favorite films of the year. It'll, yeah. 
Nice. What a fun day for you. Uh, two mm-hmm. two movies yeah. you loved. Loving movies. <laughs> Loving yeah. movies is fun. It is. It's fun. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Um, I really liked it. I re- and, and boy, huge surprise. Huge surprise for me. Hey, Aaron, you're reviewing the Batman in a horror movie called Fresh. Which one are you going to like more? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm really surprised by how much I liked this movie. I wouldn't go with loved it, um, mainly because it's just not my thing. Like there's there's a yeah. there's a um, uh, like I said, messed upness to it that you know I don't connect to. But um, yeah. but man, this movie is really really confident. We'll talk more about it. Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Well, I'm going to be the Aaron Dicer of this review. Like a strong no, didn't like. I didn't. Wow. Uh, yeah, a strong didn't like. Maybe Whoa. it might be one of those movies where I just didn't get it. You know, sure. Like if I had laid myself more into like a, a comedic ass, like a comedic look on this horrific situation, mm-hmm. I could have enjoyed it more. But more if, while I was watching it, I just wasn't in that headspace, and I was like, "Yeah, this is just a really." awful horror film that i just don't i'm not in the mood to watch like right where now. you were mad you were mad at me for scheduling it on the show <laughs> like it's just like why aaron no, why are you it, making it, me watch this i wasn't it was i wasn't mad it's just it was definitely one of those movies where if i like turned it on and we weren't doing a review i, I would have shut it off i'm like i'm just not in the mood for this you know well it is and it would have it is one of those movies where let's talk about this first, and I I, I don't think this is too spoil spoilery. Um, it almost seems to be a trend with Drive My Car, but the opening titles to this movie are thirty five minutes into the film, uh, yeah, which which later. is an, mm-hmm. it, always an interesting choice. But I get the choice here because it really is a movie in two parts, right? Like it really is a movie that is selling you on one thing for a little bit, and then is like, nope, here's the rest of the movie, and um. And without spoiling anything more than that, uh, it is something I found uh, interesting in that way. But if you get what what I hear you saying, uh, Andrew, and what I've I've actually heard another friend say this too, is you get to that second part where the movie's like, "Here's what I am," and you're like, "I don't want that movie. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the movie I want to watch." Uh, and so I can I can definitely understand that feeling. So. Well, I went into this movie blind, mm-hmm. right? So right. I was like, "Okay." Did you even the- watch the trailer? No. Good. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> does it give away a lot i haven't looked, either i haven't watched but, uh, this uh this this trailer uh does it give away a bunch of stuff yes uh, i mean my husband what i i just told him we're watching I, I i watched the trailer and i was like we are just you're gonna watch it it has sebastian stan it's supposed to be really good just watch it so he knew mm-hmm. nothing going mm-hmm. in and yeah um, yeah we both really liked it well susan talk yeah. a little bit more about that uh what what's some of the things you loved about this so i think honestly this is right up my alley. I always call it's like borderline one of those lifetime movies on crack kind of mm-hmm. stories, I guess you say. And I'm a huge life like I grew up on lifetime movies. I still watch them. They they've gone down in quality. I know you're gonna be were they ever quality, but like <laughs> I get what you mean. I really love those some kind of it's lifetime movies. It's a woman in distress, either it's domestic abuse, kidnapped, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, whatever it is. But uh, Hollywood has done this thing where they make films like this, and um, sometimes it's a hit, and sometimes it's it might as well have aired on the Lifetime channel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was just, oh man, I don't know. I didn't know what exactly where it was headed. So yes, it's it's gross. Um, what they're where they're going with, but um, I just thought it was it was Mimi Cave's directorial debut. So starting right off with that. 
beautifully shot. I, so confident. So confident. I, I love the images here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, even though I was queasy in some, I was just, I, they were beautiful. Like even the sickest scenes, it was like mm-hmm. grotesque, but picturesque is what I like said in my mm. uh, review. Like uh, so um, yeah, just that. And then I love the music, the soundtrack just paired with that. Uh, the, the color scheme, like the palette, it was just, it already grabbed me visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, the opening scene that was, I was sold. I am a sucker for, well, there's a rom-com element to it too. So just that scene alone, if you ever went on dating apps and things like that, that I was just like, Oh God, <laughs> it's like painfully awkward, awkward and realistic. And just to go from there to where the movie ends up is just, I don't know. I just thought it was a brilliant script. I, I really think they, they knew what they were doing here. And, um, I don't I, I, I have to be careful with this one too, uh-huh. because I, I don't want to spoil yeah. anything about right. this film. Right. I, I, so that was, that's why when I, I did just like a rapid review because I don't think, I think, I think people should go in blind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the performances are fantastic, especially from, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones and, Sebastian Stan is killing it this these days. Like, because I'm also watching uh, Pam and Tommy, and like he is probably one of our most versatile actors. He's making right some now. choices. Like, he's definitely making he's, some choices. Yeah. Ah, uh, it, it's really it's yeah. I don't know. It's I like feel like he, I'm all over the place with just everything I liked about it. But yeah. Well, if with Sebastian Stan, it does feel like he's making a statement of I'm not just Bucky. Look yeah. what I can do. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as versatility in the roles that he chooses, yeah, absolutely. For me, I actually wasn't really a fan of his performance in this movie for this. And it may have to do with where my headspace was. I'll just say that because it felt like his was like, oh, so this is I've seen the character trying to pull off a, a normal like a habit or uh, like trying to pull off an unnormal habit as something like, yeah, this is just what I do every day. It's mm-hmm. normal for me. It's okay. Instead of having somebody realize what they're doing isn't normal. <coughs> hopefully, hopefully I'm trying to dance around the spoilers. That sure. kind of makes yeah. sense what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah no, it's but, like uh, that, that psychotic disconnect kind of idea that, that yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 But it's a, uh, uh, you mentioned the very, very beginning of this movie, the first date she goes on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> As somebody who's who's been on several of those, uh, you know, Tinder, mm-hmm. uh, Bumble, whatever you want to call them, those <laughs> yeah. those mobile dates, yeah. app dating, uh, the the amount of uh, women that I've talked to <laughs> have said like, oh yeah, I've been on many of those dates. Blows my mind, yeah, that, that those people are out there and they actually exist. And to find yeah. out later on that that would have been a more preferable date. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what's so. And that's another thing I love about the film is that. Well, ugh, but you know, there's something yeah, exactly that. And I'm just like, I, like I turned my husband. I was like, oh my god, like yeah, bring that <laughs> crab guy. I I will <laughs> yeah, I will like, go for it. <laughs> I will just say th- this is one of the reasons I firmly fall in the liked it for this movie. I think it is a an intricately uh, scripted movie. Th- this is intricately plotted and structured in a way that every scene means something. Every scene is telling you something about not only the plot, but the characters, mm-hmm. the themes, what this movie is about. Uh, Mimi yeah. has a clear point of view, and it's there from the beginning to the end that that 
the the cringe date that this movie starts with is so perfect because mm-hmm. not only is it cringe, it feels real. It doesn't. Yes. Yeah. It, you can't like. It is over the top, but it's over the top in a way that you're like, yeah, people like that exist and women deal with this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and to have uh, this woman directing this movie and 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 it's not just that cringe date at the beginning where she does this. She does it through the whole thing. There's a, uh, you know, there's a real, real underlying, you know, just how terrible is it to be a woman in the dating world aspect to this movie Mm-hmm. That it uses the overtopness of the second part of what it's doing to bring home that metaphor even more. Um, you know, this is this is a a social horror film. You know, like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, like a Get Out or something like that. And I'm not you know yes. trying to com- you know compare it to one of the greatest not, social horror tone, movies ever made. But they're you know, tonally similar, very but, similar. Yeah, yeah. But uh, story wise, they're definitely different. Yeah, and they're dealing with different, you know, perspectives. Yeah. Um, so it, well, you said it's dealing. It's like the horrors of modern dating. That's mm-hmm. really yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. Who do who do you want the you know the the person that reveals all their flaws right off the the bat and and you know are terrible in these you know nitpicking minuscule ways or the person who seems amazing and then when you get to know them better is you know a terrible person like you know um (laughs) which is which is preferable to find out you know two years down the road that oh there's something about this person that i absolutely cannot stand or you know I'll live with these little, you know, and I'm not saying it has to be one or the other. That's a false dichotomy. You you can find human beings that you connect with in yeah. most of the ways. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting what it's saying. Uh, I want to go back to Daisy Edgar Jones. I love her in this movie. Um, yes, she really hasn't done much other than television, as far as I can tell, and not television yeah. that I've I've really seen. I think this is the yeah. first thing I've ever seen her in, um, and she's so good. At conveying these these little nuanced reactions to how this world is hitting her, some of the stuff she does in that first scene is so perfect because you can tell she's walking this line between I want to be the respectful human that I can be while this person is being an absolute jerk, uh, you know, in such uh, you know um, uh, you know inter- different ways. And yet, at, at some point, she's wrestling with: Do I just do I just go? Do I just leave? Do I tell him off? You know, like it's just so perfect the way she's she's performing so should much I of this stay stuff. Or should I go now? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then where the movie goes in the second part, uh, I think she does such an incredible job at selling so many different things she needs to sell for that that second part to really work. Um, and you mentioned that the movie is grotesque; it certainly is. But I didn't feel like it was grotesque in a way that it's was not torture porn. Yeah, right. it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, no, it wasn't like American Horror Story or right. Hostel. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was like we are taking this Art- artistic. Yeah, we're yeah, taking that's... this this absolutely <laughs> yeah. gross concept, and we're going okay. Let's make it as authentic as we can in mm-hmm. some ways. And also as normal as we can. We're not trying to overemphasize how gross this is. It's gross because it's gross. We don't have to overemphasize it. We'll just show it and it'll, you know. So, um, yeah, I found I found all of that uh, really captivating. Um, even what this movie, oh, this is a little spoilery. I don't, I don't think it's too bad. Even what this movie has to say um, 
about uh, women relating to other women in relationships in that like, wow, there are several scenes, uh, you know, where it, it really is a movie about how women navigate all that has to do with relationships and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a, there's a girlfriend that is, you know, a, a great support and a great girlfriend. And, you know, and then there's a, a woman who is not, and, you know, like it's, it just, it has all these things to say about that metaphor. And yeah, I, I was, re- I was really sold on the, the, what this movie was doing. So mm-hmm. yeah. as and much I, as I, I don't like gross stuff, but you know. yeah. And I like what you said, because there is a lot of um, women uh, support in mm-hmm. this film that mm-hmm. you may not always see in movies like this. There's a lot more, uh, I would say there's a lot more women supporting each other than not. Yeah, and there's and there's a moment, this movie, a very specific purposeful moment where you think the movie is going to do the thing that a lot of movies do where, you know, somebody's coming to, you know, help or whatever. And it yeah. just, it turns its on, it he- on its head in mm-hmm. such a beautiful way. And that might be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Really? Seeing that character decision, I'm like, wow, they actually. They did it's, that. It's, it's, yeah. they, they did that. Because that is so real. Yeah, yeah. I've I've met this person like three or four times. I'm not doing this. Nope, (laughs) nope. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Uh, Andrew, do you want to go into some more of the negatives? Or do you feel like you kind of covered the reasons uh, you didn't enjoy it as much as we did? No, honestly, I think it's 95% just headspace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... uh, that headspace made me kind of possibly look for negatives. If there was, you know, any, if there was a different day where I watched this, I'm sure I would have really liked this movie. Come, uh, come back around Halloween time. If I watch this movie, I might enjoy it, you know, so, give it a rewatch. I'll give it a rewatch for sure. <laughs> I definitely, I say that, but I really will. I really will give it yeah. a rewatch later on. Nice. Susan, any final thoughts? Um, just, I just wanted to, uh, uh, follow up on what you said about, uh, Daisy's performance, yeah. just some, some of her moments because there, the scene when she essentially realizes, uh, so, something that Steve reveals mm-hmm. like the, initially the first time her reaction in that scene, I feel like I've seen that so much like uh, from other, other characters who've been in that situation and I've never seen such an authentic reaction from an actress mm-hmm. like ever that I, I turned to my husband. I was like, that was incredible. I, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I, it was very, very what I would imagine mm-hmm. I would react if I was in her situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's some really great acting work um, mm-hmm. uh, throughout. And yeah, my one last thing is this movie, uh, especially if you go in blind, Mm-hmm. has some real rewatch uh cool lines like if you watch the first part of this movie again after the second part of this movie some of the script is really fascinating some of the thing because there are things he they say when they meet each other especially him that you just look back on and and I don't want to spoil them uh maybe once we're done I'll tell you guys you know some of my favorites yeah. so there're two specifically yeah. I'm thinking of where in a different light you're like oh you you know, like he's he's like if, he's yeah. almost telling her the truth in a couple. No, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like yeah. If you weren't so handsome, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I I picked up because I knew what it was about, so I was right. like, oh, he's just I like he's telling her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. So I I found it. Like I said, I think this this movie is really intricately scripted and structured mm-hmm. and plotted, and I think that that does a lot for it. So 
That is fresh. It is on Hulu uh, if you want to check that out. Before we head into the best ever challenge, another reminder that you can uh, be a Sif Pop member. Uh, there are many people who love what goes on here and decide to support at Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh Thank you for that. That means the world to us. It allows us to uh, keep doing this, to uh, put into the website. The website is undergoing some changes right now, some fun stuff. Uh, so if you check out reviews there, um, you know, that all helps, but we couldn't do it without you. And so thank you for doing that. If you're curious about it, there are certain perks that come uh, with being a Sif Pop member, some different things, uh, including a bonus podcast. Uh, this week, the bonus podcast for our uh, Pop members was a discussion of our favorite Batman movies and our favorite uh, Batman and our favorite things in the Batman universe. We kind of went uh, went deep on Batman stuff. So uh, if you want to hear that, you can become a Pop member at patreon.com slash Pop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, let's move into our best ever challenge. We're going to talk best ever John Turturro movies. Uh, he is playing, um, and we didn't really talk about his performance in the Batman uh, too much oh, yeah. because there's so Subtle many great but ones, but it's yes. so good. I love what he's doing yes. with the Carmine Falcone uh, character. So he's really good. He's been good in so many things, and he's such a great character actor. Uh, let's talk about our favorite five John Turturro movies. We'll go number five to number one. And you can trump something if you have it higher than it's mentioned by somebody else. We will talk about it when it is ranked highest in somebody's list. So we'll start with number five. Um, Andrew, kick us off. What's your number five John Turturro? Well, it's a movie that I actually just recently knocked off my list of shame, and that's Barton Fink. Nice. Yeah. It's a... I I love the Coen brothers, and this is... One of the most unique Coen Brothers movies, obviously, it's fairly early on in their career. But seeing this movie is so, so metaphor heavy that if you're not ready for that, this, it can definitely throw you for a loop. Like, mm-hmm. OK, this is definitely not in our world. Uh, John Goodman, as always, giving an amazing performance in a Coen Brothers movie. And the chemistry actually between uh, John Goodman and John Turturro is fascinating to watch this dichotomy between these two people here mm-hmm. I, I haven't used the word dichotomy in so long it felt weird saying um yeah. well but, dichotomy um, dichotomy is a word you either like or don't like there's really no other choice you just either like yeah. it or don't i don't know what you would call that but yeah dichotomy is that yeah kind of there, I, th- there needs to be a word for that yeah definitely. yeah <laughs> so yeah the back and forth is is really fascinating if you haven't seen it and you like the coen brothers it's definitely one i would recommend but don't go in exp- expecting a gr- a more grounded movie of theirs mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my number five is the color of money. Um, this is oh. one I just knocked off my list of shame this year uh, and is a follow-up to... Oh, I just lost the... T- is it The Hustler? Is that what it's a follow-up yeah. to? Anyways, the the pool movie. Um, I, I think this is obviously two of our greats uh performing together and um and just the 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 structure of the movie the plot of the movie is really fun the competition the pool of it uh tom cruise is always amazing uh amazing um so and newman of course is newman uh paul newman so won an oscar and won an oscar for this uh really you won an oscar for that one 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 of the most interesting uh continuations of a character because it's so long after the first you it know, didn't film. feel like a sequel. No, it doesn't feel like a sequel at all. They're both great movies in their own right, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, and they definitely play into each other. But um, but I was glad I knocked this one off the list because um, it's really, really, really good and really fun and really well, inter- interestingly shot, too. There's a lot of great stuff in here. The Hustler came out in 1961. Mm-hmm. Color of Money came out in 1986. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's it's uh, a quarter of a century. Um, I haven't mentioned it. Uh, it's a Scorsese movie. In case you didn't know, um, uh, Martin Scorsese directed it. It's one of my favorite Scorsese's. So there yeah. you go. The Color yeah. of Money. That's a good one. We just yeah. watched. We watched that a few years back, and I was impressed with it too. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, what is your number five, Susan? I know I'm going to get trumped for okay. it, but I put uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll trump that. Uh, back to you then, Andrew. What is your number four? Well, mine's going to get trumped. This is where I have rounders. Uh, I have it at number four as well. So we can go, oh, ahead, okay. and, yeah, we can go ahead and talk about it now. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, it's obviously it's the epitome of a great poker movie. It's the only poker movie I can really think of that does poker right. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you have fascinating uh, uh, chemistry between Norton and uh, Matt Damon, this uh, this two sides of the coin of like what it means to be a gambler and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, doing it for uh, smart and not doing it smart at all. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave this with Aaron because I know this is one of your favorite movies. Oh, it is. Uh, in <laughs> in part of it has to do with my love for poker. Part of it has to do yeah. with just how fun this movie is. How well, uh, how good the writing is. There's a this is Koppelman um, that uh, that wrote this, and I love one of the things he also does billions now um, on Showtime. One of the things I love about his writing is there's almost a Sorkin esque uh, feeling to it, where people are saying things that you could never come up with in the moment. Uh, in his case, it's a lot of pop culture references. He loves throwing pop culture references, uh, sports references, those kind of things into his characters' mouths, and I just I find all that stuff really really fun. You've got incredible performers here doing really great work. Um, it's not a perfect movie. Uh, uh, the Gretchen Mall character is completely misused uh, in this movie, um, in my opinion. But uh, you've also got the iconic uh, Malkovich performance here. <laughs> Give uh, that man his money. With, yeah, one of the strangest <laughs> Russian accents ever put on film, and yet somehow it works. Um, have you heard the story behind that accent? No, go ahead. I mean, maybe I have, but I don't remember it. So... Damon, uh, they were doing a uh, uh, casting and stuff, and they cast Malkovich for this. And uh, it was—I think it was the first day that uh, Malkovich was doing uh, the lines for KGB. And uh, he came out and he did that accent, and uh, Damon had never heard it before, and like heard uh, Malkovich do that accent. So he did—he did that. Uh, uh, 
so you think you can beat me in the game, huh? And he did that, and Damon was like, oh, God, I, I don't know if I if this is going to work. And then as soon as he was done, uh, as soon as Malkovich was done with his lines, uh, everybody in, like, the, uh, after they cut, everybody in the production went like, oh, that was amazing, that was so good. And while they were cheering and complaining, uh, Malkovich leaned into Damon and he goes, I have no idea how to act. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I love rounders. Uh, really yeah. good stuff. Really good stuff. Uh, all right. I think, uh, Susan, we're at your number four then. Uh, so my number four is Fading Gigolo. Oh, um, I haven't seen this. Yeah, I can't remember. That was, his, was, that was his directorial debut, right? It could be. Oh. could be. I don't know a lot about <laughs> yeah. it. I honestly, so one thing I struggled with making this top five is I tried to pick movies that I remembered him more, but so a lot of movies that he's in, he's kind of like such a background character Mm -hmm. to me that he's not always very memorable. So I felt like weird not picking movies that like rounders. I don't know who he was in rounders. Oh, he was was in rounders. He was like, Andrew talks about the, you know, Damon and Norton characters being like the two sides of the gambler coin. Uh Uh, He basically plays the the, coin. He's the coin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's basically what it means to be a lifetime gambler uh, in that movie. He kind of represents like, uh, just kind of the the you know downtrodden yeah 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 and I didn't remember him in Color of Money like for the life of me mm-hmm. I was trying to rack my brain <laughs> like and I remember yeah. really liking that movie but uh, Fading Gigolo is one I I put that because that was the first film that I felt like he was the standout because he mm-hmm. was the lead and he he wrote and directed it and um I mean it was it was okay it was very Woody Allen esque like mm-hmm. it, well uh, that makes sense <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yeah it was very like that vibe um but you know not as like creepy to me um but yeah it's it's, it's fine it's solid there you go there you <laughs> yeah. go yeah I like John Turturro's thinking in that movie of Oh, I'm going to write and direct a movie. What should it be about? Okay, how about I become a gigolo? Right. Who are the female leads I should cast? How about Sharon Stone, Sofia Vergara, and was it Vanessa Paradis? Like, just uh, I'm just going to get all these beautiful women to be in this movie where I play a, a Don Juan. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Very Clint Eastwood esque. Yeah. Style. Of Eastwood thing to I, do. I was totally thinking Woody Allen, but yeah. Well, you're right, actually. Well, you, it, I was just like, whenever you think of the mule, you know, Clint East was like in his 90s and like, I'm going to I'm going to direct a movie mm. where I'm in a threesome twice, you know, with young women, you know. Yeah. I didn't watch the mule, but I definitely won't watch now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's go on it, to our. Like, oh, I'm going to make <laughs> make this movie. for. Uh, so three. Number yeah. Threes? Let's go on to our number threes. What do you got? Do the right thing. Yeah, I'm going to trump that. Okay. Uh, my number three is Oh Brother Where Art Thou yeah you know what's going to happen here yes you're going to trump that uh, Susan what is your number three I don't know if you guys ever watched this but it was called The True Adventure of Wolf Boy Wolf Boy no you're coming with the ones I haven't seen this is amazing uh, I actually watched this at Fantastic Fest back in 2019 I think that's what it was the one the last one I went to um, it was actually it was this boy has um, a real condition I cannot remember what it is but like, oh like in like in something i know what you're talking about yeah. where you're like tr- truly covered hairy, in hair like he's yeah. hairy all over and um but he looks like a wolf and so john taturo's character is kind of like this like circus um 
like leader kind of person. Like he sees him as like a, like he wants, he wants to take him and put him in his act and things like mm-hmm. that. So um, he's, he's actually like very villain. Yeah. He, he's, he's kind of creepy and scary. hyper trichosis. Sure. <laughs> if you say so, if you, if say, you so. say so, I believe you. Um, but yeah, he just, I remember his performance really well in that just because he, I think he did a fantastic job in it and he was so scary. Um, so I, I really recommend this movie. It was really sweet, a really sweet coming of age um, drama. The father, father, son, mother, son kind of relationship in there too. But um, it was one that's probably stayed with me really stayed with me from that fantastic fest nice so let's move on to uh your number two andrew what do you got this is where i have the big lebowski nice where he played jesus (laughs) (laughs) yep Uh uh-huh um it's uh, he does a lot of stuff with the coen brothers so i i giant portion of my list is just coen brothers movies (laughs) and uh yeah he has a very small but very memorable role in this movie mm-hmm. um i think this is really where i think this might be the first time i ever saw john Turturro in a movie um and what a, what an impact he made <laughs> it's a yeah it's, it's a character for sure i love this movie though the big lebowski again john goodman this might be my favorite john goodman performance ever it's it's insane how crazy that walter character is yeah yeah uh susan you have this at uh your number four i think five five it's your number five talk a little bit about the big lebowski which is it's it's a better movie than fading gigolo i just john Turturro was more prominent in hey listen everybody does the best ever challenge the way they want to do it for (laughs) us what we generally say is it's the best movie that they're in so like there's a category Uh and then you rank your your favorite movies not necessarily uh, so, mm, but well, everybody handles it differently. So totally yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I, with the, uh, the rest the the bottom three, I like those more than, um, the big Lebowski. I'm not as huge of a big Lebowski fan as most people are. I think it's okay. <laughs> um, but he, he was good in it. He was funny. And I mean, yeah, I can still picture his tongue. So. I uh I need to watch this again. I haven't watched this in a long time. It's not one of my favorite Coens. It's not that I don't yeah. like it. I think it's fine. I just don't like it as much as uh, a lot of people do. And I just mm-hmm. I wonder if I'd like it more. You know, kind of having seen more of their stuff and understanding more of, you know, who they are. Uh, if I might connect to it more. Um, but I don't I know that I would. I worked in a bowling alley when I saw this. Oh well, that um, would that would help. That would <laughs> that would make you like it more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, all right, so that would be my number two then. Uh, this yeah. was, I think, Andrew's number three. Uh, this is Do the Right Thing uh, I yeah. have at number two. Uh, I've spoken about this movie often since I saw it last year. Absolutely destroyed me. Um, oh, that was the first time you saw it? It was last year? Yeah, I knocked it off my list. Uh, within wow. the last couple of years, time has no meaning anymore. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I know uh, it was after the pandemic started uh, when I saw it, and that could be any time in the last three years, apparently. So... Um, but, uh, but yes, I've seen it recently for the first time, um, within the last few years and, uh, yeah, absolutely destroyed me, uh, on many levels, many of which I have talked about before. So I don't necessarily need to go into them again. Um, other than to say this has been happening for so long and continues to happen. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's mind numbing and very, very, uh, awful. So, yeah. So, but do the right thing is, 
is an absolutely incredible movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for many reasons, even beyond the socially conscious ones, um, it is, it is a movie about community. It's a movie about, um, uh, what it means to be community with people like you, people not like you. Uh, it's a movie yeah. about how hot it is in New York in the summer. Uh, yeah. so yeah, it's a movie about a lot of things. You feel, amazing. you feel the heat in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Andrew, what, do you, uh, what are some of your thoughts? Well, uh, kind of like we talked about. I bring up this movie a lot whenever the community in itself is a character, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. recently we did in the Heights, yeah. you know, where, and I think that, you know, that's another New hot New York it, summer movie, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that like those kind of burrows in and of itself lend itself to making a very interesting <clears throat> dynamic between, you know, making a, or I mean, making a community as the character itself, you know, like you can pick the individual pieces of the part, but whenever it comes down to it, these, you know, these burrows and stuff like, and the people within them are in and of itself, just a singular character mm-hmm. with just different moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. He does spike. Spike is a genius. He really is. Yep. Yep. It's incredible stuff. Uh, all right. Susan, what is your number two? Uh, Transformers, the 2007 film. Yeah. You know what? I like it. (laughs) I love this movie so much. Um, It's the only one I kept of when I was on um, a kick to own. Well, I wanted to, I was, I had a huge crush on Shia LaBeouf. So I was like, I need to own all of them. And then I thought back and I was like, I'm never going to watch like (laughs) second and third one again because they're terrible but i genuinely think that that first transformers is a great movie it it's it's so it's a solid story it for people who aren't who didn't watch transformers you can easily enjoy it um i don't know it has everything you need in there and it's 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 i could easily rewatch that movie it's definitely the best transformers movie i will give it that uh it's actually with susan the first one the first one that's it i i came out yeah. of i came out of this i don't movie. even like bumblebee or whatever that i kind of like bumblebee i think bumblebee's was, okay yeah. um I, yeah the first transformers movie was good enough that i came out of it going um you know a lot of that was really really fun i there were some very annoying things about me uh, about me there are some very <laughs> annoying things about me uh <laughs> including that i don't like movies that everybody else loves sometimes uh but no there there were some very annoying things about the movie uh, and unfortunately, the future movies took all of my annoying things and made them the centerpiece of the future yeah. movies. And I was just like, oh, great, wonderful. Um, Pointless but, metal shavings yes, as they transform. Yes, Explosions, yes, yeah. just so much Adolescent humor, passion. like, yeah, yeah, like all that stuff in the first movie, I was like, oh, that's kind of annoying, but I'm kind of enjoying some of the other stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, the others just were all of that. Um, but yeah, the Transformers is okay for me. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Um, all right, our number ones then, Andrew. What do you got at number one? Oh, Brother Where Art Thou. Nice. That was my number three. Well, yeah. tell us about uh, your love for Oh Brother Where Art Thou. It's my favorite film, Brother. No, I take that back because I forgot No Country for Old Men sure. exists. <laughs> well, because No Country is so different from anything that the Coens have ever done before. Different. Yeah, it does feel different. Yeah. Uh, but no, but uh, I think everybody is perfect in this movie. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, John Turturro, uh, George Clooney. George Clooney, I think this is his career best performance. Uh, obviously, for those of you who have seen the movie, you probably figured out that this is actually just a retelling of Homer's Odyssey 
movie or uh, not a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have movies back then, but uh, of his uh, tell of his fable of the Odyssey and their visualization of like different, the representation through visualizations like the sirens or John Goodman as the Cyclops, you know, you see all these things, but at the same time, it's a great story set in the depression. If it hadn't, if it, if there really wasn't a, uh, an odyssey retelling i still think this would just be an amazing movie because everybody the environment everything just seems so genuine mm-hmm. and it's hilarious oh this movie's so good and the soundtrack of course kills that a uh, man of constant sorrow remake is like one of the best ever mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, man, I had that soundtrack on repeat for sure, and I had the movie on repeat uh, as well. I really enjoy this one. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's interesting. It's quirky. Um, I love this version of Clooney. Uh, I think he's he's really fun doing this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy Oh Brother Where Art Thou as well. Uh, so that's yeah. why I had it at number three. Um, all right. My number one is quiz show. This is not a surprise. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time and, uh, just watched it two weeks ago again, um, or maybe last week. It's very, very recently within the last couple of weeks. Um, or maybe three years ago. I don't know. Time has no meaning. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but no, this was within the last couple of weeks and man, it holds up the, the, this movie and what it has to say about integrity and moral choices and honesty and those kind of things is really powerful. Uh, Redford is directing the snot out of this movie. So good. Um, Scorsese, by the way, who mentioned before Martin Scorsese uh, with the color of money has an acting role in this movie and he's pretty good. Um, and that's always fun to see. Um, and then, uh, John Turturro, I think it's one of Turturro's best performances. Um, it's a completely unique character and, um, and I think perfect for what this movie needs to do to set him up as the counterpoint to the Rafe, uh, finds, um, you know, slick, uh, you know, um, from money debonair kind of character that it's doing. Um, also really love David Paymer and Hank Azaria, uh, as kind of sleazy, you know, fast talking, you know, game show execs. Um, I just, I love, I love this movie. I I love so many scenes in it. Um, it's great stuff. Great, great, great stuff, uh, for quiz show. So high recommend if you haven't seen it, they got a few Oscar noms, uh, for different things, but, um, but yeah, so there you go. That's my number one. Yeah. Uh, Susan, what's your number one? Um, Mr. Deeds. <laughs> oh, wow. And Adam Sandler, number one on the best ever It was ever my challenge. first honorable mention. He, I love he's this great movie in it. so yeah. much. Very, very yeah. And John Tadaro is so great in it. And I just, yeah. you know, yeah, there are some Adam Sandler movies that are whatever but this for me is in my like top five of adam sandler movies like ever probably top three actually i don't know um it's so good it's it's just such a great um rewatchable i would say you could watch if this is on tv it's really hard to change a channel for me um i just think it's very it, it you know what it is it's adam sandler's character i i'm it's kind of that um that Ted Lasso effect kind of where he's mm. just so optimistic. Mm-hmm. He's so kind to everybody that like the right people that were even like bad guys in the movie there, his kindness is infectious and then it makes them, 
you know, love him and, oh, I see mm-hmm. things your way now. But then, like, yeah. the villains are just never going to change whatever. But, um, yeah, I think I've always been drawn to that kind of personality. And I love that who he's playing, who Adam Sandler is playing in it. And then I also really loved Winona Ryder. I thought they actually had uh, pretty good chemistry in the movie as just like in that brought the the romance in it. Um, and I, I, I just really enjoyed the story. And I there's a nice little twist there at the end that I thought, um, and you know, John Turturro plays a big part in that. So yeah. it was, it's just a, it's, it's a really <clears throat> fun, sweet movie. I'm from Winchester Tenfieldville. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, uh, oh. but I do, I do remember enjoying it uh, quite a bit. I remember it was after I had already started thinking, because this is after Little Nicky, right? Is it come directly we, after Little Nicky or? Yeah, I think it's a Little Nicky's terrible. Right. Yeah. I just remember it came after a couple Sandler movies where I was like, I don't think I'm into Sandler. Uh, I think this anymore. was right after Big Daddy, actually. Maybe it was Big oh. Daddy. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Which um, I do like. Oh, oh do I you? Love I, I love Big Daddy. You don't like Big Daddy, Aaron? Nah. nah what? Nah. It's just. You like the, Click? This, this is what. No. No, not Click. <laughs> oh, uh, Click. Click makes me cry. Listen, every time listen, I watch listen. This, this, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This came after a point uh, for me where I was like, no, nah, I'm not vibing with, with Sandler anymore. And wow. uh, he the, just that it was too dependent on the same shtick, the same stuff. Like, and, and for whatever reason, this movie, I was like, okay, I can dig this one, Adam. And I don't remember what that was other than I think maybe the plot's a little more interesting or something. Like you mentioned, mm. there's a, a, you know, a twist. I just haven't seen it in such a long time. I don't remember why I enjoyed this one when I wasn't enjoying the others. Because um, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good so there you go uh mr you deeds. well you're probably, actually you may not like it so <laughs> what mr deeds i probably will i know i liked something okay. about it it was already after i had stopped liking a lot of sandler stuff so um and when i say sandler stuff i mean his like his frontman comedies i don't mean like when he's tried other like dramatic stuff that stuff's always yeah, really yeah, yeah. punch drunk love and uh you know uncut gems that stuff's always interesting to me if nothing else but mm-hmm. um anyhow mr deeds number one for susan I mean, they sing major tom on the helicopter <laughs> <laughs> uh let's or get space oddity whatever you want to call it let's get into our buried treasures for this week uh what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about uh, Susan, you are the guest, so you will go last. Um, I'll kick us off on this one. Uh, I'm watching the new season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's been a long while since we've seen any seen any Maisel, um, which is true for a lot of TV right now uh, yeah. because of the pandemic. Um, so, but yeah, I really had missed this uh, character and this world, kind of this, um, you know, uh, that era, New York City stand-up comedy kind of stuff. One of the things I, I love about the show that continues is her stand-up comedy sets are really fun. Like when she does like comedy stuff in the show, it's really, really interesting and fun. Um, and the show is, is, uh, is a lot of fun to watch and also interesting and not afraid to deal with the drama stuff as well. And I like, uh, like that about Maisel. So if you've never checked out Maisel, new season is out. There's not a ton. If you want to catch up, um, I think this is season four and they're not super long seasons. So, um, so there you go, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is on Amazon Prime, uh, if you're curious where to get it. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Uh, well, keeping with the Batman theme, I'm going to go with a Batman comic run that I would highly recommend everybody read. Actually, it's what I think is one of the most fascinating, if not the most fascinating comic run for Batman ever, besides like specific graphic novels like Killing Joke or Batman Returns or anything like that. I'm going to go with The Court of Owls. 
So Batman Court of Owls is a fascinating story arc within the canon of Batman, where if you know, like Gotham kind of there's the Waynes and the Arkhams weren't the only, you know, wealthy family. Like Mm -hmm. Gotham is really like the perfect metaphor for like one percenters. And then like everybody else is like incredibly poor. So within uh, this elite, uh, this wealthy elite, there's this cultish group called the court of owls. And they're the, really the ones that pull all the strings within Gotham, like Falcone and Maroni and all, and all those like crime bosses, they answer to the court. Pretty much the court decides the fate of Gotham. And, uh, I think it would be the perfect, the absolute perfect sequel for this newest Batman movie that we just watched because with <clears throat> everything going on with Bruce Wayne's parents that he's questioning and stuff, the way that the court of owls exacerbates those tensions that he has with his family history and stuff would be the absolute perfect sequel. Because I think one of the big fallouts of or fallings of this recent like run of different Batman movies is there. They've haven't really looked at his, you know, rogues gallery if you want to call it that of like all of the amazing batman villains that are that are out there i think the court of owls is one of the most amazing like batman villains so don't do joker don't do bane don't do uh you know any of the you know plethora of like two-face or anything that we've seen before i want i want something fresh and new that's why i was actually kind of okay with uh, riddler in this one because Yes, they did it with Jim Carrey, but they haven't done a, a real Riddler, you know, Batman villain yet. And I think that they did a great one here. I think that the world that Matt Reeves has set up is so perfect for a Court of Owls uh, uh, for in the sequel. And I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody go and read the, I think it's like a 10, 15 comic uh, run for the Court of Owls. It's super good. Nice. That's the Court of Owls run in the comic books. Um, right. Susan, what do you got for your buried treasure? Um, I've got uh, the... I just started watching the new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy. I know I referenced it earlier, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is so good. Um, I highly recommend everyone watch this. I, as someone who is just like... I was so young when the, the sex tape had come out. So I it was interesting. I didn't even... I didn't realize how huge of a deal this this was when mm-hmm. it did come out. But watching it first, just seeing how that was like the sex tape. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> no, you said the first time I watched it. I'm like, wait, oh, the first time you no, watched no, the sex no, tape. No, no. I, I never watched it. I never watched that. No. But as far as like you know, whatever that came out, like I I I was just like. I didn't think much about it, but like seeing the show and seeing how. Yeah. How difficult that would have been at the time and in comparison to now, how easy it is to upload a video and seeing the process of that. But then obviously, like, you know, it starts with that, but then it goes so much deeper into how this affected uh, Pam and Tommy and in such different ways, you know, with like Tommy Lee. Yeah, it's like it just it goes back (laughs) to how things are so different for for men and women. I mean, when it comes down to it. It's not going to hurt Tommy's career. He's, if anything, it'll probably boost his sales. People look at him like a hero. Way to go, man. 
And then Pamela Lee Anderson is slut shamed even more. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just, I love how it dives into her. Cause I, I never, I don't know, because I was just young, I never even thought about how, how like she was probably just so torn up about this. I mean, it, cause I, I too probably got lumped in there as like, well, I guess maybe it's not that big of a deal to her because of the, you know, what her career was already. But no, that doesn't mean just because she did Playboy, just because she did Baywatch, just because she did barbed wire, whatever it was, doesn't mean that any one of us had the right to, to see her personal sex tape yeah. with her husband. Like, and then the backlash that she got from it as if she did something wrong. Like, I don't know. I just, I have so much empathy for her. I mean, uh, Lily James is just, I mean, she's unrecognizable. She is Pamela yeah. Anderson. And I just, I never have I wanted more to like speak to a celebrity and just say, I'm sorry that you went through this because I, I, I do feel so incredibly bad for her. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of empathy there for really what was the, the seeds of celebrity culture, the idea that somebody can be famous just for being famous and the, the toll that that can take, uh, especially when it's not something you want. Um, it's also interesting and a little off putting that they're not behind this either. Like they're not yeah. fans of this show and it's like i think for her she probably just wants this people to stop talking forget about it. The, you just sure, forget this sure. kind of thing and so balancing that with the art of telling a story and you know is is that balanced by the fact that it, it is taking an empathetic look and trying to take you know a, a positive so yeah there's just there's a lot of nuance with the the progression of technology and how it affects privacy and all of those kind of things that we all continue to deal with and will have to deal with um, as technology continues to advance. Um, I don't think we're ready for the next level of lack of privacy that's about to happen within the next you know decade or so. Like it's as especially as computers continue to shrink, cameras continue to shrink. There'll be cameras that like there already are cameras. We all carry a camera around with us everywhere that can yeah, probably be we accessed. Carry a tracking device. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it's just I just don't think we're ready for what that next Black level mirror. is and and yeah. how we're going to have to make peace with just living with no privacy, living with the idea that anybody might be seeing you at any point, hear what you're saying at any point. Um, making peace with that's going to be very interesting for uh, culture as we continue to go through that. And this is the seeds of that. This is the seeds of technology destroying privacy. And I don't know that there's anybody to blame for that. It's just, it, it's a natural progression of technology to be able to do those things and how we use technology is up to each individual and how we respond to how technology is used on us is up to each individual. And it's just, yeah, it's, there's a lot of crazy nuance there that that I don't I don't know that we're we're ready to really dive into, but um, but it's happening, and this was kind of the start of it. I've watched a little bit of this. I'm not caught up on it. Um, it makes some interesting choices, uh, some interesting creative choices uh, in this uh, in this show that I don't think I'm opposed to. It kind of makes it fun, mm -hmm. interesting, quirky a little bit. But overall, I do think, at least as far as I watched, which I think was the first three episodes. The first three, okay. Um, I think it is is starting to move past some of the, here are the facts, here are the characters, into here's what we want to say. And I think it wants yeah. to, I do think it wants to say the right things. Um, I just stopped watching. I don't know if I'll go back to it, but I just stopped watching because, first of all, there's so many things to watch right now. And, yeah. And second of all, I was just like, I don't know 
like where the benefit to me of watching the rest of this uh, is. So you should finish. Okay. (laughs) All right. I really think you should finish. I, I, it's so good. And just because I guess I just feel like some people, unfortunately, they, they just don't care. They're like, Oh, who cares? Like, I I think some people don't care about Pamela Anderson. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying you have to care about her necessarily, but care about what happened to her and have empathy for all the other women that this happens to, not just in, I think I've already got that. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know that I need the show to teach me more about that and to know that again, she didn't give her stamp of approval on this. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, it's me trying to balance kind of, those things um and try to figure that out but but yeah no i totally have empathy for her and anybody that goes through something like this and i think we need to continue to be aware of those things and Mm -hmm. sometimes that's what art does and i think that at the end of the day that's what this show is trying to do is to be able to bring that empathy uh to the forefront well i do think there's a specific episode like second or third to last just in general that that i highly recommend at least all right maybe i'll check that one out maybe i'll check Mm -hmm. that one out so that is Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Uh, the Court of Owls uh, is a comic book run, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is on Amazon Prime. Well, we did it, guys. Uh, we reviewed a bunch of movies, except for me, who just made a lot of confusing statements uh, that will be cleared up later in a further podcast <laughs> when we get to there. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Drew for putting together some visuals for the show. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, and thank you to Susan for coming Ooh. by again today. Uh, Susan, always love having you on the show. Um, where would you like uh, people to find you? Um, you guys can find me at thischicksflicks.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter uh, and Instagram and uh, uh, ICTN.TV, Irving Television. So uh, nice. really, I would say Google. <laughs> Yeah, Google this chicks flicks uh, X on chicks and an X on flicks uh, to find Susan and her stuff. Uh, appreciate you being on. It's always great having you on. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, also, want to thank our members of Sift Pop. Support starts at three bucks a month at Patreon.com/slash Sift Pop. If you want to find out about all of that, just go to the website. You can see the different perks, all that fun stuff. Um, you'll get all the bonus episodes at a certain level. Comes right in your own ad-free podcast feed. Uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than cooking the perfect meatball. We will be back next week with Turning Red, uh, the new Pixar movie, and a report from the CCAs. Uh, so it'll be the CCA show. Uh, next week on the show and we will see you then. Bye. 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 At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.